Hi, and welcome once again to the Cognitive Bias Podcast. I'm your host, David Dylan Thomas, and uh, this is our final episode. Uh, after 102 or three episodes, uh, we're uh, calling it quits. We're coming to the end now. And for our final episode, I wanted to have a very special guest. Uh, no, it's not Marley, although that's probably her you heard barking in the background just now. Um, actually, it is uh, my son, Kieran Thomas. Uh, Kieran, would you like to introduce yourself to the fine people? Hi. <laughs> uh, so today we're going to talk about a whole bunch of different biases that sort of pop up uh, in Kieran's life uh, from time to time, some from TV shows, some from school. Um, but the, the first thing I wanted to uh, talk about is that you are a, uh, a published author, are you not? I am not. Okay. Um, but you did write a paper once, a little, an essay about the brain, did you not? I did. Okay. Um, can you tell me uh, what the essay was about and what it was for? It was for school. We had to write an informational um, text, and I picked the brain. Why did you I pick the brain? I picked the brain because my mom is a neuropsychologist, and so I wanted to do something about that. Cool. And I think the brain's interesting. So what, um, what interests you about the brain? What kind of things did you want to talk about? Um... I talked about three main things. We had to do three for the essay. We had to do an introduction, an end, and between there, uh, it's a five-paragraph essay, mm -hmm. but in between there are three bullets about the topic, and, I've, and I think I picked bias, mental or I think mental illnesses, and um, parts of the brain. Mm-hmm. I think parts of, it was first, it was, I think it was first parts of the brain. Yeah. And then mental illnesses and then bias. So do you remember what biases you, you wrote about? Um, I wrote about counterfactual thinking, but I also wrote about bias because I wanted you, I wanted to ha include both of my parents in my essay. Well, th thank you for that. I um, mean, I didn't say your names, but I wanted yeah. to include your, some of your hobbies and professions. Well, thank you for that. Um, so, what? Um, so, what do you remember about counterfactual thinking, or why did you pick that one? Um, I picked it because that was the only one I really know about the best. Because I overheard you <laughs> talking about it, and um, I liked it, so I decided to put it in the as one of the biases. So, for fans of the show, the the season three finale was me talking to Nina, Karen's mom, about. Uh, counterfactual thinking which is what she did her either undergraduate or graduate work on I forget but um, but yeah that's so what um, was there anything you learned about when you were writing your paper that like was interesting to you or surprised you um, I don't I can't really think of much I mean it was interesting to learn um, kind of what some of the mental illnesses were, but I knew I already knew some like autism and um, also like memory loss and um, a lot of I think it uh, something brain trauma mm -hmm. I forget, but um, and also if you're in like a car crash or something and experience um, brain damage, then usually it has negative side effects. So I wrote somewhat about that and also about others that I've heard of and known about. 
Do you think about maybe, you know, studying that when you get older or maybe getting a job that has something to do with that? I don't know yet. I kind of wrote it because I needed to write a paper and then yeah. wanted to write about that. <laughs> um, no, you have to decide now. Actually, for the benefit of the audience, you want to tell everyone how old you are? 11. Okay. I turned 11 on December 1st. Nice. And, and, and so you're saying you're 11 and you have not figured out exactly what you want to do with your life yet? Yes. Okay. All right. Yeah. Are you disappointed? No, no. Huh? Actually, I think that's, that's, huh? It's, no, it's, it's fine. It's, no, it's, it's perfectly fine. When I was when I was eleven, um, my job didn't exist, so that's fine. Um, so another thing I want to wanted to talk with you about is so do you remember when we started when we got that book about female scientists? Yes. And do you remember how we started like reading to you from that book? Yes. Do you remember why we did that, or do you know why we did that? No, okay. I like I like the scientists though. Yeah. Like, they, I don't remember all of their names, mm -hmm. but. It's hard to remember some scientists, like only the ones that are like really common. But I remember like Marie Curie, mm -hmm. and wait, was she the was she the one who? And there is, I think it might have been her. I think it was somebody else who discovered how to make stable um, nuclear atoms. Uh, I'm blanking on that one, but uh, I do remember there was one who like founded like the reptile house at the london zoo or something like oh that. yeah i remember that yeah. and they had i think they had a train komodo dragon yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. and i can i've already had i like i like komodo dragons yeah yeah me too um so so the reason we did that is because i think maybe when you were five or six i don't know it was a while ago but you asked us about like female scientists like and we couldn't we, we couldn't name any we could name like three of them and like your mom is actually a female scientist but even she i mean with three of them I guess, I'm not sure, many people don't, like, call her a scientist, like, mm -hmm. I don't refer to her as a scientist, but, like, um, I guess, in a sense, but, like, not, like, um, the people who use, like, chemistry and right, that's that, sort of, but yeah. that, that's kind of, like, the stereotype scientist, yeah. who, but, but, or, like, one that studies animals, but, yeah. um, I guess studying the brain, yeah, that counts. Yeah. It's, it's, it's using science. Neuroscience. And, yeah, exactly, and... And so we realized that, like, it would be better for you. So one of the things I talk about on the podcast is um, pattern recognition and how people get patterns in their heads about things. So sometimes if someone is, like, say, hiring a scientist and the pattern in their brain is they've only ever seen or read about male scientists, they'll actually look at two identical resumes. And if it's a male name at the top, they're more likely to say yes than if it's a female name at the top, even though the rest of the resume, like all the qualifications are the same and all the experience is the same. This is, uh, sorry, this is um, unrelated, but for kind of unrelated or a little off topic, but um, I had um, the Ojibwa, the tribe I did for my slideshow presentation, mm -hmm. um, believe that all men, um, they, had, they were divided into clans, each clan with its respective thing, but they all believed that men and women were equal, so. Really? Yeah. Oh, that's awesome. But a lot, but a lot, but a lot of native, even a lot of other Native American tribes, um, like only cheat, only males were cheats, and like the women did all the cooking, and um, like they would smash the corn to make cornstarch or, or um, other um, foods went after the um, males hunted. Mm -hmm. But I'm pretty sure they all went on hunts and and all went to war, in the Ojibwa tribe. 
Oh, that's cool. See, that would be a more equitable society. Um, and the one we've got tends to favor men over women. And so those patterns that people build up um, can favor men over women. So like we realized we wanted to make sure that you had better patterns. And so we wanted to make sure that when you thought about scientists, you would think about women as much as you would think about men. So that's kind of why we started doing that. But, um, but yeah, that's where that all came from. So when you're at school, are there any like biases you've noticed like there? Um, well, there's definitely thing. There's a fine line between things that people like and things that people don't like. Mm-hmm. Um, some people, but um, there's always some in the big things are majorities, but on the other things, it's scattered about uh-huh. depending on your personality. Like if you, you a lot of people like gym. I do like gym. It's pretty much just playing games, but. I don't like um, the physical testing because it makes me feel pressured. Mm. I usually do well on it, but I still don't like it. Yeah, there's a... Oh, here, wait. You can talk. Well, but there's also, like, homework. Advanced math in fifth grade gets much, much more homework than any other uh, math class in any other grade um, below fifth. And their homework is much harder. Mm-hmm. So advanced math is sixth grade math. Not advanced math, but we get um, a bucket sheet, which is daily homework that you have to do. Like it's divided into pieces, but you can do it all at once, or you can do it over spread out over days. Mm-hmm. But you have to get that done and turn it in by Friday. So you can't do it Friday night and then turn it in. And in addition, you have homework every other day of the week except Friday. Because Friday, I don't know, it's before the weekend, and I guess they're nice and don't give you homework. But I also have daily geography for my homeroom class, which is the class I go to regularly. Mm-hmm. And I also usually, right now, I had a little bit of break from the... Usually we always have one major project, and, or we usually have one major project, or we... And or and or, um, um, um historical fiction reading or, not fi- historical fiction, but um, first it was fantasy. Now we're on to historical fiction, mm-hmm. but um, a, gr- um, a group reads a book, um, book re- yeah, book reading groups. So that sounds like a lot. Is that a lot? <laughs> it is. <laughs> Do you think it's too much? Um, some of it might be too much, but. Some of it, it's just unnecessary. Like, they usually give these absurd um, real-life applications. Mm-hmm. Like, one was somebody made, like, three. They had to, they, they're, they're at a bagel, and somehow they made 365 bagels, and they have to fit them into, like, 60, or like 67 boxes, and you have to divide. But... Um, I think that was on my bucket sheet. But was that like a math problem about somebody making like enough bagels yeah, for every day of the year? <laughs> <laughs> no, but but it's just like some of it. You're, a lot of it you're not actually gonna use in real life. They try yeah. and apply it to real life, but you're never really gonna use a lot of it. Like what we're learning about is can be applied to real life ratios and rates. Mm-hmm. Some fractions you can use, mm-hmm. but you're probably not. But on bucket sheets, it's just it's kind of just unnecessary. Mm-hmm. Like it just gives you what is a hundred or like a hundred and twenty-seven divided by three, something like that. Mm-hmm. It it's kind of 
you're probably not going to have that. But also, it's just a random math problem that they're giving you and mm-hmm. seeing if you can solve it. And if you don't, then you get it wrong. But, like, sometimes you just make a little mistake. But I'm not sure. It's probably not life or death. <laughs> <laughs> do, you, do you think the homework is making you better at math? Um, I don't know what we're, so I do like learning it, but, oh, but the homework, just sometimes I see the point of certain homework, Mm -hmm. but most homework, I don't really see the point of, like, you already did it, and you already did a bunch of work in class, and you've learned the stuff. Doing Mm -hmm. homework is just extra work. Um, but you should still, yeah, I support doing it, but I just think they should at least give out less. Yeah, so there's a um, there's been a lot of studies that kind of look at you know is homework actually effective? And in a lot of cases, they're saying it's just too much. Like it's like homework is like good but in moderation. And there's even some classes where they've just stopped giving homework. Do you think you would like that? Uh, I would like some. It depends. Um. Oh, also, KidBiz is really bad. Tell, tell people what KidBiz is. Um. So, it's uh, a website where you can read articles that are posted by random people. So, random people just sometimes post articles. Like, if there is one was about, like, Coco, you should, um, if you don't know who Coco is, it's, like, it's a, um, a gorilla who, I think, wait, what? It taught us sign language, right? Yeah, um, yeah, yeah Coco taught, was taught sign language. But they'd have something like that mm-hmm. in that area, or one was um, a farmer found a gem and, and emeralds, a massive emeralds in a field. They're like, ma- they're not, t- they're never too major. Mm-hmm. They're like, not about like, um, not like something that would ha- be happening in Congress, but above something like a. Um, a dog went missing, mm-hmm. just like the fi- like kind of in the middle, like he- if there was, it's kind of in the middle or maybe a little closer to major, but mm-hmm. th- it's not. It's um, it's something that has a like um, a fi- I'd say, I don't know, like fifty five percent chance to be on the news. Oh, okay. On the usually on the local news oh, okay. to be where if it's on the national news, it probably has like a five percent chance to be there <laughs> yeah because they have the things like in congress and all of the massive uh, all of the really big things yeah i think some of them come from ap news stories and stuff like that but people post articles about that and then kibbis kind of um takes the articles and puts them in there mm. not i guess they i'm pretty sure they asked them yeah they probably have come some kind of agreement but if they don't, then they should be shut down. I I wouldn't they I wouldn't really care if it was shut down. <laughs> so then, what do you what do you do with the article? Like, what do you have to do? So, you read it, and then you have to answer a series of questions, eight questions about it, and it's it's multiple choice A, B, and C, A, B, C, D. Most of the time, the questions are so absurd and obscure, and you can't. And most of the time, they're wrong. One time. Um, it messed up, it messed up, and it said, um, f- f- what are the synonyms? And then mm-hmm. there were, I think, a bunch of, I think it was all, ant- it was all, like, three of them were kind of random or not close enough, mm-hmm. and then, um, and one was an antonym, mm-hmm. and they're like, I think it meant antonym, and then I picked it, the antonym, and it was right. Oh, but so that was literally just, had the wrong word. That was a for, typo, yeah. but, but yeah. still, like, the others, they're so... 
sometimes they're just like obviously not really the answer what they think it's their opinion that that yeah. was the answer like one was about the titanic um wreckage uh-huh. and then i i thought and it said that knowing about what is more important it was kind of more important and i i think i knew two were important and then if, which one is the least important and then i knew two were important so i eliminated those but then i it was between um c and d mm-hmm. and c was that um they had they had found about it was about previous wreckages and how they um used stuff how they used stuff from there and I think previ- oh, previous attempt. Actually, it was previous. It was still related. Not even different shipwrecks, mm-hmm. but it was the same ship. But previous um, studies on the Titanic, and then one was about how the Titanic sank. Mm-hmm. And I thought, do you really need to know how the Titanic sank? Everybody knows that anyway. But still, right. <laughs> but that wasn't the point. I was thinking, do you really need to know that how it sank? That's not really going to help. I mean, unless you're going to become a researcher on it mm-hmm. in the next few minutes <laughs> <laughs> or like years, then you're not going to really, it's not going to really apply to you. But still, you should, you should know how it sank, but also it's just not important to, to what the article was about. The article was about them researching the Titanic. So I think previous attempts are still important. Yeah. And so was that the right answer? No, it was the, yeah. how the Titanic sank. <laughs> like the Titanic yeah. struck an iceberg in uh, struck an iceberg in 1950. That was er, er, 19 was it 19 sometime in the like 1910s, I think. Like, yeah, yeah, 1915 or something. I don't know. It said that though. But so so yeah, and I've and I've seen some of these questions. Like even I've been like looking at them like like there's usually two answers that are like equally valid for some of these and it's like you just kind of yeah. have to guess because you're right because it's sometimes more like it's three and sometimes they're all bad answers. Yeah. One was about like football people, people in football, um, getting skin cancer because of them not putting on sunscreen and they're in the sun all day playing football, professional football. Mm-hmm. And one of the and the answer I picked the answer because it it was the best out of all of them. Mm-hmm. A lot of them are bad, but the answer was that. Um, uh, that football players won't need to put or won't, football players won't need to put um, sunscreen on in winter because of this. wait no this was about a different one sorry um it was it's it was one about n- installing different traffic lights in the okay. city but and the answer was you won't need to um and there and it was getting clouded up with snow and there were crashes and stuff and so, and frost and snow and then one of the answers was they won't need to put it on in summer because the because there's going to be no snow but like that's an answer but it's not related to the topic at all the, the uh, it just wasn't there yeah. is no there is nothing about that in the article so do do you think uh kid biz helps like make you a better reader no not really i'm already <laughs> a good reader i think reading books makes me a better reader yeah yeah so so the 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 article was sort of saying so there's articles that say you know just homework too much homework is bad and they're putting out too much homework there are other articles that say it's not the quantity of the homework but the quality like certain types of homework are better do you find that there's some homework you get that's actually better at helping you learn 
doesn't exactly help me learn. I just think of it as, I kind of, I, I don't exactly think of it as an obstacle, but I think of it as something that, okay, I need to get this done before I can do any other things, like, I don't know, like dinner. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Or help you guys, or I don't know, have free time and do other, do all of my other homework. Yeah. Most, mostly it's other homework that I have to do once I finish my daily math homework. But the home, the, ma- the part of the math homework I found most un- useless or unnecessary, this only happened in fourth grade and below. Mm-hmm. I think it started in, like, probably when you... It was probably most likely in thir- um, third and, f- third, four, and fourth grade. Mm-hmm. But you had to explain... Um, how you got your answer, and it was just so long because the uh, problems yeah. you did were so long, but they were easy, but they were long, and so it's just like unnecessary explaining when you can explain in three seconds with just talking. Yeah. But you don't know. But you don't even. I don't. Still, you don't need to really talk to your teacher to figure it. You can at least write write your paper, like show your work. Yeah. Is the I I don't I don't mind showing my work, but I do kind of mind explaining every single step I did because it ends up saying first I multiply this by this, mm-hmm. then I had to multiply the answer of that by that, and and then it just keeps going on and on and maybe subtracting, dividing. I don't know. Yeah, it's almost like well, math itself, like writing out math, kind of is the quicker way to do it anyway, like showing your work, like that is that, rather than using words to explain the exact same thing. Yeah, and I remember those always like took so much longer than the actual math problems oh, themselves. Um, it was actually usually the homework that were, usually um, I think every topic we had, we have different topics, like last time we had like, um, um, we had, yeah, what was it? Oh, yeah, um, variables and um things um uh, what is it called when you have variables when algebra oh it's algebra, oh, algebra. Oh, okay. I, yeah, I yeah. can't believe i forgot <laughs> i i haven't last time when i did algebra in first grade it was like really easy algebra like one came when went in two came out mm-hmm. how much one was in but but i mean sorry algebra i usually think of algebra differently but algebra and now we have ratios so once every topic in fourth grade uh, is what i remember it most mm-hmm. you'd have this homework and there were like eight questions mm-hmm. and some of them had math but all of them but well all of them had math but all of them were also explaining mm. every single problem and those were the ones that took me like two hours or more to get done yeah. because it was just a lot of writing so like there's research now that says you know like you really shouldn't be giving out so much homework but why do you think teachers still do give out so much homework Mm, no that's a good question maybe the school board asked them to Mm -hmm. because they're not in charge the principal's in charge of the school but even the principal is not in charge Mm. eventually it all gets down to the state's law (laughs) it all gets down to the state's laws Mm -hmm. but um, then there's the principal, so it goes te- teacher, principal, district, and then I think, I don't know what comes after that, but then it's kind of, 
like the county or the whole town and then it goes up eventually to the state's laws like it's it, it and that actually applies because when I, there's always a birthday lunch for people who have a birthday in a certain month get mm-hmm. to have lunch with the principal mm-hmm. and in there we talked about um we talked about how there's only 25 minutes of re- or 20 minutes of recess or 25 yeah it was 20 minutes of recess and it was because they're only allowed 45 minutes of break in total hmm. and that was the state's laws so the state's laws went all the way down 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 through every level mm-hmm. to and applied to even to the teachers and then to the students so it went all the way down to the level of student from the state and it's also because yeah they're only allowed 45 minutes in total and so it's 20 for recess and 25 for lunch oh wow but usually it goes pretty fast and yeah. sometimes they even sometimes the teachers are cold and they want to go in <laughs> so we have to go into or it's limited recess when it's not even that cold like it doesn't really matter if the kids don't think they're cold or if the kids don't think it's really affecting them if they don't even feel it because they get because they get warmer yeah, while they're moving around. around yeah or if it's or usually it's not too hot because summer is when they get the break but um, I think maybe once. I don't think they've ever closed it down because it was too warm, but I think that it just could. I wish it was just five minutes longer. Yeah. That's funny. You have a, probably a better understanding of, like, school politics than, like, most adults do. Um, so there's a thing called uh, sunk cost fallacy and another one called status quo bias, but there are all these ways that, like, once people get into a pattern of doing a thing, they just keep doing it, whether it makes sense or not. And I'm wondering if that's, like, and you say that a lot with, like, state policy and stuff like that. So it wouldn't surprise me if that's, like, how it goes from all the state all the way down to the school, just because that's how they've always done it. But I think if if you can get, like, maybe not protests, but, like, campaigns, maybe if it's a little more silent than a protest, but, like, um, like asking and a bunch of, like, bigger leaders ask, because if it goes up the ranks from the students uh, asking to the teachers, to the principals, to the um, district leaders, mm-hmm. then eventually they'll probably be able to ask the state to maybe change the laws and give, I don't know, like just a small little change. Yeah. I don't know if the, and maybe usually sometimes there's teacher strikes, mm-hmm. um, you not in our school ever, but. They would, like, if they want to increase pay, but that applies to really the teachers. But, like, if there's just something, if the student, if the students think they, if they want, like, if there's no, I don't know, how, hmm. I feel like if there's a different class that the student, that the students really need, like, if they don't have, I don't know, a time for writing Mm-hmm. specifically and they and they have to um do all of their writing homework at home or something then i don't know they'd change that they'd yeah. ask they'd ask them and then eventually the state might change a law just by a little bit but usually no big changes will ever happen yeah do you think kids should be able to vote i think it depends i feel like they should still have an age uh-huh. like 
Only the kids with a good understanding. <laughs> <laughs> well, some people think that about adults, too, actually. <laughs> I feel like I could probably vote. I, I could make a good vote. If I know all the candidates, and mm-hmm. I kind of... I don't really watch the news all the time, but I can still, like, fo- hear it and mm-hmm. hear about it. Yeah. Like, even if some random person on the street says it, it eventually gets to everybody. <laughs> Usually they're not rumors. They're true. Like, who's running for president? Mm-hmm. There's always, there's always, there's a difference between rumors and, um, what you expect or, and who you think and, um, hypo, like, not a hypothesis, but expectance. If you want, if you expect that or think that, I don't know, what is his name? Joe Biden is going to go up against Trump, and well, mm-hmm. obviously he's not because he's getting. Well, I'm not sure if many people are going to vote for Trump if he runs again, since he's getting impeached. But um, if you if you said that before the impeachment process, then that would that's kind of like what you would think. But mm-hmm. if it's a rumor, like oh, um, some so and so did this, then there's a def- there's definitely a difference. Well, yeah, and that's it's good that you know the difference. But I think that like, like even rumors can like motivate people to act, especially if the rumor like aligns with something they already believe. Um, like, let's talk about General Grievous. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, you you said before the podcast that you wanted to make sure we talked about uh, General. First of all, let let people know who General Grievous is. General Grievous is a Star Wars character who is a cyborg, mostly robotic in. He was kind of alive more during the Clone Wars. And during the Clone Wars, he led the Separatist droid army into battle. And he's also a Jedi hunter who's killed several Jedi. I forget the exact number. It was like, I think, I know from what I've watched and from what I've heard and seen that he's killed at least 18 Jedi. Mm-hmm. Which is impressive for anybody. You can assume that <laughs> definitely some of them are um, Jedi Masters. And he has... He's quick to run from a fight, but... Uh, if he, he, But usually... He's not... He comes... A lot of times you want him to win. Like, even the Star Wars producers said that they, they really like it when he gets a win. And he often does win, or at least chase them away. But he also does um, get chased away often too. So why does he hate the Jedi so much? Should we start at the beginning? <laughs> <laughs> the the short form. Yeah, well, it's the beginning is pretty short. So there's a species called the Hux okay. that are technologically advanced, and they started killing and taking over the lands of the Kalash. General Grievous is um, a Kalash being. And he started to lead a campaign against the Hux. And eventually he was able to lead his people, and they were able to become free from the Hux, at least on that planet. And, but still they've killed a lot of um, General Grievous's friends and family and... Also and also his and also just his race. Mm-hmm. So he wanted a lot of he wanted revenge, and so he 
kind of just asked his people to follow him and to and to destroy the Hux, and he wanted to completely wipe them out, or at least wipe out some of their planets. So he started killing some of the Hux that he saw. It, well, not really saw, but he goes to their planets and, or their cities, and he takes over their cities and destroys them. But then the Hux went to the Jedi. Oh, wait. Am I missing that part? No. Did they, no, they, 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 like, went to the Trade Federation and asked for help. Oh, yeah. They, they had connections with the Trade Federation, but they still did go to the Jedi and, well, the Republic and told them that it was the, well, the Republic and the Jedi, but they told them that it was the Kalash's idea to start the war, and they started fighting them, which was a lie. It was the Hux. But the Jedi believed it, and they went straight to the Kalash and started just kind of attacking them. Mm-hmm. Like, I don't think they even negotiated. But then General Grievous... So that's partly why Aunt General Grievous hates them. But also, after they were defeated by the Jedi, the Kalash were, like, left, and they started starving and dying. And the Jedi didn't do anything about it. And so he has a very valid reason to be mad at the Jedi. So there comes a point where um, Count Dooku. Uh, Here, oh, oh do ahead. you want me to explain that? Yeah, okay, yeah, yeah, so yeah, that's the part. Yeah. Um, General Grievous, kind of, he well later. He uh, he kind of he uh, he here here hears word that. There are hucks that are what are that are destroying the ancient burial grounds of the Kalash, and so he goes to observe, and then he he investigates um a sh- a shuttle or like it's small, it's more like a sm- a small ship, but Count Dooku, who is a Sith Lord and apprentice, uh oh, actually. Sorry, but a little bit before he the he noticed the Hux doing that, it was um, he started. I think he started killing Jedi without a lightsaber, but and before he had his he needed his robotic and cyborg form. He started killing Jedi. I think uh, he killed like two maybe, and he caught the attention of Darth Sidious, Emperor Palpatine. Mm-hmm. And he wanted to use him and his plot to his grand plot with Order sixty six, and then they all turn into stormtroopers, and that's how you get the rebellion in the classic Star Wars. Mm-hmm. So then he orders his apprentice Count Dooku to find and capture Count Dooku. Uh, sorry, um, General Grievous. And so, well, he's just called Grievous now. Mm-hmm. But Grievous, um, so he goes to investigate the ship, but there's a bomb planted in the ship, and the ship explodes. I think it kills all of his friends, but he survives barely, and he's brought, and Count Dooku could have been, like, a little bit, I feel like there are other ways to go about it, maybe just, like, I don't know, knock him out and (laughs) gag him, earn, like, time to a chair and then do that, but, but then, so he's brought to Lord Sidious, and... Um, 
the a, a scientist who looks a lot like Darth Plagueis. I'm just saying they use the pic same pictures that I saw people who were describing um, Darth Plagueis on YouTube mm -hmm. using. But um, but they he looks a lot like Darth Plagueis. But he is a scientist and he does like experiments. Well, not experiments, but he gives him he takes um was it a Jedi? Oh yeah, well he's uses some of um yeah Cipher Cipher Diaz's. Um, I don't know blood. who Cipher Diaz he's, is. So he's a Jedi what? who commissioned the Clone Army back in the day. He's like this ancient Jedi that nobody knows much about. Okay, so Cipher Diaz is so I think he killed Cipher Diaz in the end, but um, yeah. but um, he takes Cipher Diaz's Minocorian blood and transfers it to um, General Grievous. It didn't give General Grievous any force um, powers, but it did make it so he was able to survive. Which I'm surprised he survived the bomb. You should have seen the picture. He had like <laughs> he had like he has a missing leg and he has a missing leg, a stump of a leg, and barely any arms. It's very gross. He's in this. He's in that classic like little two the. Or, yeah, yeah, the the, the big yeah, tube, the big tube with green yeah. um, juice in it that yeah. people float in. But um, then he it get he's he is experimented on. Well, actually, it's Count Dooku who does this experimenting, or more tampering. He tampers with his mind, and he already has a hate for the Jedi because also I forgot to mention that Count Dooku um, said that um, it wasn't him. Who planted the bomb? Really, he didn't say that it wasn't him, but right. he said he said that it was um, the Jedi who had planted the bomb, which increased his hate. Plus, they his hate was uh, his hate for the Jedi was um, even larger after Count Dooku tampered with his mind and made him hate the Jedi more, and also made him more obedient, and so mm -hmm. he would obey his masters, which were pretty much just Count Dooku, but also, more Darth Sidious. So there's a there's a there's a couple of biases there, right? There's like the way Grievous goes after all of the Hux, like even the ones who didn't destroy his planet, and just decides to wipe them out completely. There's like this thing called the zero risk bias, where like you want to eliminate, you want to have complete certainty that something is true, and so you like go to extremes, like to make sure. Um, and then there's, like, so we were talking before about, like, rumors, like, where, like, Dooku's the one who actually planted the bomb and, you know, made Grievous, like, damaged him so much that he had to be turned into a cyborg. Oh, yeah, I was going to say, like, that's when he had the cyborg body, which enhanced his speed, strength, and pretty much gave him unlimited stamina. And his only certain vital organs, and only certain organs, like his brain, stomach, heart, and lungs, I think. No, I'm not sure if he has lungs, yeah. which makes him. Well, he coughs a lot, so <laughs> maybe he has. Lungs. I don't know. He, I don't think. I'm not sure. I, I'm not sure if he has lungs, but he definitely coughs. I mean, that might just be like exhaust. I don't know. Yeah. I don't know how he works. <laughs> but but the reason I think like Grievous spies Dooku's lie that it was the Jedi who did it is is confirmation bias. He already has this hatred and animosity toward the Jedi. So if someone tells which I him, mean, it would make sense. Oh yeah, it's, but yeah. also like. So the he, he already knows that the Jedi would kind of believe anything, so he he doesn't know if the Hux told them that they were doing something or that um, somebody said 
hey, they're doing something, and then the Jedi planted the bomb or did something bad. So um, that's why uh, there's also a common misconception with Grievous that he's like a monster and evil. But if you know his past, then you know that Count Dooku tampered with his mind, but it's also the Jedi's fault. A lot of times the Jedi can be kind of ignorant and oblivious to what they do. Yes. <laughs> and uh, same for the Re- and same for the Republic. Like they did a lot of mean stuff. Um, also to the Mandalorians, I know some of their history. They like just um, double cross them a lot. Mm-hmm. Well, that's well, that's another. It was a Jedi. It was Darth Reagan who killed um, the first Mandalor the Great. But he was Mandal- that first Mandalor the Great was kind of evil. That's so. That's like another uh, bias too, right? Like, so the people who have misconceptions about General Grievous, like they're looking at his actions, but they're not really thinking about the context. So one of the biases actually that you wrote about in your paper is uh, fundamental attribution error. So that's the one where, like, if somebody runs a red light, you think they're doing it because they're a bad person, but if you run a red light, it's because you're in a hurry. So you think about the context when it's you, but you don't think about the context when it's someone else. So well, General I do. Grievous, well, you do. I, I appreciate <laughs> that about you. <laughs> But people look at General Grievous and they just look at his actions, but they don't think about the context. And a lot of people, it's also hard to get information about his past. Same for Darth Maul and a lot of the Clone Wars people, their past is more obscure because it's not like if they were in the Clone Wars and survived, which not a lot of people did. Mm-hmm. Well, the people who did, or somebody like Darth Vader's a perfect example. If you survive, then you have a past, and you know all about their past from the Clone Wars, which there's lots of history. Well, not as much history of the Clone Wars, but there's lots of history at the like the mid-Clone Wars and the end of the Clone Wars. So you know all about Anakin's past, or Darth Vader's past, too. Like, he got evil because of Lord Darth Sidious and Emperor, Pal- or, uh, Emperor Palpatine, and he became Darth Vader eventually. Mm-hmm. So... It, so it's kind of a good example of how you can't get much information about people from before the Clone Wars mm-hmm. rather than you can about anybody after. Yeah. You also don't know too much about Kylo Ren's past. Yeah. So it's mostly it's mostly anybody who survived the Clone Wars into the late, or not late Emperor, I guess the, the Empire era, I'm mm-hmm. just going to call it. I'm not sure if it has a specific name, but... Probably doesn't. But, um, it, it, yeah. So, that's kind of, so you can figure out how they came to be, but, like, General Grievous, Darth Maul, anybody else, you can't really find much information unless you look it up on, like, YouTube or you, or you, um look it up on Wikipedia to find somebody so they actually have information about any of those characters. Well, yeah, and that's part of the reason that people do that, um, the attribution error, is because it's it's easy to know, like, your own context. Like, you know that if you're late for work or not, but you don't know anything about that other person who's running the red light, and so the easiest thing to do is just assume there's something wrong with them. Like, how would you actually go find out, are they late for work or anything like that? So the lack of information about others. It's much harder to do that in real life than yeah. like <laughs> I can't look up person who should read a red light. Yeah. This week on 
20, uh, I don't know, 29, um, Springfield West, or er, Springfield Boulevard, I don't know, <laughs> <laughs> it's made up street, <laughs> I don't know what to yeah. say, but, um, for that, but I still think that it's, yeah, it's really hard to get information, so there's lots of misconceptions and misinformation that Grievous is a monster and huge, and he's just a ruthless Jedi Slayer. Yeah. Free Grievous. Um, I know you also wanted to talk about uh, Gumball. So I've actually, there's a show called um, Amazing World of Gumball, and I've actually talked about it on the podcast before. Um, on the self-fulfilling prophecy episode, I talked about the. Um, do you remember the name of that? Is it called? It's the called prophecy? the. It's called the, the Oracle. Oracle. Okay. It's about. Um, so Banana Barbara is um, Banana Joe's mother, and Banana Joe's just like um, a person at their school who likes to make jokes. He's kind of like the class clown, but he. It's usually in, like, the hallway or cafeteria. He doesn't usually, like... A lot of them, they are not actually in class. <laughs> they go to class, but, like, usually when it's in the class, they're always doing an assignment. Yeah. So, like, it's nothing ever that special when yeah. they're in class. And, so and, we, and, just, and just so you know, like, it's Amazing World of Gumball is basically, like, a show that takes place in a small town, and there's Gumball, who's kind of, like, the main it's character. It's called Elmore. Kid. Yeah, Elmore. And so he has his family, and then he goes to school, and, you know, adventures ensue. <laughs> but more like chaos but yeah <laughs> adventures in chaos they always um, never escape on her so so in the oracle uh what's her name banana barbara um yeah banana barbara paints a picture and they figure and it's at a yard sale and they find out that like they because they look at the dates of when the pic the painting was pi- uh or when the yeah when the painting was painted and they and then they saw the date happen way before it actually happened. So they figure out Banana Barbara can paint the future. And then they see a um, painting with the with the date. It was October 6th, I think. Mm-hmm. And so it's up. And then they see a painting with Gumball with, like, a leaf in front of it. And, mm-hmm. and then um, everybody's staring at him with news cameras. And uh, so she paints a picture that they think is going to come true. And so... They start like trying to stop it from happening, uh, and so everything they do to stop it from happening just makes it that much more close to happening. And so I used it as an example for self-fulfilling prophecy because, like, once you get in your head that something is going to go a certain way, you act as if it's going to go that way. Um, and we've like debated a bit whether or not, like, if they hadn't seen the painting, would they have still? Well, ended that's up why in that I mentioned situation? the paint reality thing. Yeah. So I think it's going to happen. Yeah. I think if she paints a date, that just delays it. Oh, okay. Um, so there was another episode of Gumball, though, that we, we uh, just watched today that I, we were going to kind of, like, unpack all the different biases that are in it. There are um, five, I think. Yeah. So the name of the episode is... Uh, the Uncle. The Uncle. Yeah. So tell us briefly, what is the plot of The Uncle? So the plot is... So... Um, I'm just going to get... This is a small detail, but it might be kind of important. I don't know. So Ocho and Ocho Gumball and Darren. Um, Ocho is like you know those. If you don't know what Space Invaders is, he kind of looks like that little thing. Yeah. But he's like a video game character, and he's like really intense, and very like kind of he, yeah. He's very very intense, and he, nobody and everybody's like really afraid of him. Mm-hmm. So uh, one day, so one day. They're both late, mm-hmm. and 
they are rushing to school, and then when Gummo and Darwin get to school, they're panting, and then they see Ocho, like, just fine, and then he, and then they ask, how did you get there so fast? And he said his uncle Mario gave him a ride, and Gumball becomes intrigued. Mm-hmm. And Gumball asks um, a bunch of questions, like, does he happen to like um, stars, princesses, and mushrooms? I don't know. Mm-hmm. I don't And um, Ocho answer, says yes and no to the questions, and it all applies to Mario, like, you know, Mario, the video game character. Mm-hmm. And so... And then he, um, he, it's, he makes it his goal to become Osho's friend. And he goes through many trials. One was he had to back him up in a fight. One was he had to, um, uh, well, it was, he said sacrifice Darwin. But he just put up posters that said that um, he wasn't friends with Darwin. So mm-hmm. instead of, like, I think... Hitting him in the head and <laughs> kill, bashing him to death with a hammer. One was he put a bag over his head in a fan and at like a skate park mm-hmm. and above there, and so it was like it felt like he was about to fall off. And, and then he Ultra made his voice deeper, and he so it was disguised. And he said you had to pick between Ocho and it was like really really like it was really really scary for Gumball Mm -hmm. and eventually he and it was like it's between one of you has to go and then he says you're running out of time and then Gumball just jumps and Ocho um takes the bag off his head Mm -hmm. So and uh, and and does it turn out that uh, Ocho's? Yeah, but um, eventually it turns out that it was that Mario, like he had flies over his head and is like kind of like very unfit and <laughs> kind of gross. And then. So it wasn't the actual Mario from the video game. Well, that he was hoping it would. Be. Well, we don't know. Well, he said. It, well, he said it wasn't like. But it was disappointing. He wasn't like. Um, well, Darwin said it wasn't, yeah, but, said but it wasn't. doesn't Darwin doesn't like Darwin just says it wasn't up to your expectations because we don't know like the expectations of Mario. He's all pixelated, so you can't yeah. really tell what he would look like in Gumball. So you maintain that it might have been the real Mario. No, it might have been the real Mario, but, but he's just, just like really, really gross. gross. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so anyway, like as we were watching, we were kind of pulling out all these different different biases. So one of the ones. Um, that came up. So there's a scene where... Um, so the one with Richard? Yeah, so what happens when um, Ocho so demands he, 100 bucks from... Um, oh, oh, yeah, so Ocho, one of the trials is he has to have, give him Ocho $100. Um, and so, and thanks to that, since the Watersons are pretty poor... That's uh, Gumball's family. Yeah, Gumball's family are called the Watersons. Gumball Watterson. And, um... Since therefore, um, Richard's credit, credit Richard, the dad, mm-hmm. um, Gumbo's father, had his credit card declined. He was purchasing a hundred expired donuts and for one dollar, and he said it was a deal. And his credit card was declined, so he could get a store bought one, or a, yeah, he get a good get a store credit, mm-hmm. and then he could use that credit card mm-hmm. and. It could he could borrow as much as he liked with interest, 
but the interest was um, 1708 or something dollars or 1700 I don't know something something like it keeps going up like every second yeah it, every and I think it's every two sec or every every yeah I think it doubles every second is mm-hmm. what he said and so so eventually it just kept going until Richard said touche universe. <laughs> so, so like Richard already like had the donuts and he was already about to buy them. And so he was willing to agree. Like we talked about uh, loss aversion, which is this idea that it hurts more to lose something than it does to gain something. And they've actually done studies where it hurts uh, more to like lose $10. Um, that hurts as much as it feels good to find $5. So we feel lost more. Acutely. Well, that's losing more. I mean, I'd be. Or happy sorry, other way, if... other way around. That like, um, so so it hurts more to lose five dollars than to find ten, or the same amount as to find ten dollars. So basically, losses I'd are rather, twice as powerful for uh, us than gains. If it if that was well, I wouldn't know that that was the situation. But if it was, I would want to have it where I get fifteen dollars. So then I'm actually getting something. I'm getting ten dollars instead of just gaining five. Because then you realize that you're actually not gaining ten dollars, and you're just gaining the five dollars. I just, I just like gaining money. <laughs> <laughs> well, yes, people do like gaining, but like the, the the loss hurts even more. And so Richard's willing to agree to, like a like not even ask what the interest is on the yeah, credit card. Yeah, but at the same time, like I feel like this isn't like a major example though, <laughs> because like that was they it wasn't his fault, like. Common sense would say five dollars interest is much, much is much more than like enough, because five dollars interest if you have like or five dollars five dollars per dollar is so much. Mm-hmm. If you have like if he has not one dollar, he only has to pay six dollars in total. Mm-hmm. But instead, it's seventeen. It's one thousand seven, and it's usually not that much. Like he was gonna get a hundred expired donuts for a dollar. So well, a dollar each. So he was gonna pay a hundred dollars. No, he said a dollar. Oh, it was all the No, four. yeah, a dollar. Oh, okay. So it was a pizza. I, I mean, if I got that, I would think that still, even a hundred expired donuts, I think they, I don't think they should even be selling those. But if they are, <laughs> I'd sell them for at least more than a dollar. Yeah. So he'd probably think, oh, yeah, it's a discount. And they've bought things before, and you know how poor they are. So, well, you might not know, but they are very poor. So he would probably think that it's not going to be that much store credit because they probably already have enough money with all of the people who come here. Mm-hmm. And so I think that um, it wasn't really his fault. Like, stop it. And usually you wouldn't ask because if anything, it would be like $100, but instead it's thousands. Yeah. I mean, the, and that's a, another important, like, thing about bias is like bias isn't necessarily anyone's fault like bias is something that happens unconsciously like so you're literally not thinking about it like it's not a conscious choice it's just like an instinct and so richard like agreeing to that credit card like it's just an impulse and it's like and it's a it's a very reasonable impulse yeah um i mean come on he had 100 expired donuts um so another one that what if they're just expired by like one minute yeah well i i worked on a movie set once and we got they weren't expired but they were like day old bagels for the crew because there was a place called sam's bagels where i was shooting the movie and they would just give us a whole bunch of bagels from the movie this was least dangerous game 
Um, Least dangerous game? Yeah. Have you seen it? No. I'll show it to you. You shot um, a movie? Yeah. Are you famous? No. <laughs> did you get Did you get credit in the credits? Yeah. Well, I made the movie, so I could put anyone in the credits. You, you don't want to be in the credits. You made the movie? Yeah, I made a movie. What is this sorcery? <laughs> I'll show it to you later. Um, but anyway, yeah, we got bagels from Sam's Bagels. For that were, they were only a day old, and actually tasted pretty good. And so that's how we fed the crew breakfast every day. Um, so I, I agree. Don't you should totally... It's a, what's that? Can I get your <laughs> no. <laughs> it's, it'll cost you $100. <laughs> but you can you can get a credit card for it. Um, so framing effects... What is the interest? C-I-S. C? Yeah, C. You're, you're pretty biased resilient. Okay, I'm you're biased resilient because I saw the show and that's uh, the topic. <laughs> well, actually, I was going to ask you this before we were talking about homework. Do you feel you learn as much from, like, the games you play or the shows you watch as you do from the homework you do? I think I learn more. Like, I, I, have, I have most of my background knowledge isn't from, like, it's just things I've gathered, common sense and things I've gathered from over the years. Yeah. So, like, what would be, can you, can you give me an example of that? Like, I know the, I actually, I think I know mostly the reason I can remember um, Berlin as the capital of Germany is mm-hmm. because of Mission Impossible Fallout. <laughs> nice. See, you can learn geography from these things. That's awesome. Um, so uh, uh, back to Gumball, framing effect is another one we talked about, and this comes up in the flashback. Can you tell Yeah, it's about a flashback. That? They said, um, Darren said, don't you remember how intense Ocho can get? And Darwin ima- and Gumball and Dar- imagine it with, um, diff- with music, and it's like kind of this intense music, and Tobias bumps into Ocho, and Ocho has this... A kind of like look on his face, but then he he like looks back at um, Tobias and then starts kind of like moving towards him slowly. And Ocho floats. He's a Space mm-hmm. Invaders guy, and he floats towards him. And then Tobias like kind of kind of like runs, kind of like a slow kind of run, but and then he gets cornered. And then it ends with with Ocho approaching, like it kind of advancing forward, mm-hmm. and then it's, like, it's a sudden movement, and then it stops. And then they imagine it with different music, and it's it feels a lot different. There was another episode called The Potato, mm-hmm. where Darren tries to give up eating potato because he think because he thinks it's upsetting Idaho. The potato. There's a character named Idaho who's a potato. Yeah. And so, um, he struggles to give it up, but in one of the uh, attempts to give it up, um, they show him a video where, like, there's a bunch of, it's like kind of, it starts out with a farm and then a kid eating, a, um, a kid eating a french fry, but if you imagine, but then, uh, ad, but then Darwin says adversion therapy is just doing it with different music, mm-hmm. and he... And he puts on on the other ad. It's the same ad, but with different music. And then it looks like a lot happier. Like I'm saying, yeah, the potatoes are going down the farm. And then he eats it. And then when the kid smiles, it doesn't look as e- It doesn't feel like as evil. Yeah. Like and when he kind of laughs, not really laughs, but he's like opens his mouth wide and it's a smile. It doesn't look like he's kind of 
maniac or not maniacally, but like I don't know. He's I don't know, evil or yeah. somebody who just like ate a soul and <laughs> had a french fry. <laughs> Yeah, there's. It, it looks like he's like, yeah, I right, happy. He's happy. Yeah, it's a it's a it's a common technique. So there was. A, I um, think that's a real ad, and then the other ad was just like different music, and but also the color was changed, mm-hmm. in in both instances, in the flashback we talked about, and mm-hmm. in the thing, the the color of it was changed. Mm-hmm. It wasn't the same thing. Like it, it was still like a darker. It was in full color. Mm-hmm. Um, it was in full color in the potato one, and then the other was kind of like black and, well, not black and white, like gray and yeah, kind of gray, and same for, and and the other one, it was kind of like pink, actually, uh-huh. for the flashback, and the, and the happy one, and in the sad one, it was like, again, like the same kind of tone of gray and blue, and not really blue, but like light blue, the grayish, bluish gray. Yeah. Like if you, um, if the, the way like the the framing effect is sort of like this idea that like the frame you put on a thing can totally change your view of it, and so like the music is an example of that. And we were at the the Franklin Institute now actually has a whole section on the brain, and one of the um, exhibits is like this video of a guy in a boat, and like one version you play this really happy music and he seems like you know it's a pleasant nice day and the other version it's exact same footage but it's like really creepy music and it seems like he's out there to like bury a body in the ocean or something like it just totally changes like your body perspective in the ocean. exactly and um and i remember like you can go online and find examples of this with movie trailers so there's a movie called uh the shining which i think you know about yeah <laughs> i don't think you can make the shining look happy but if a bunch so of blood i will I, show you i'll show you the, the trailer because they do a version you think of it. Uh, you think all the blood pouring out well, of that elevator that. <laughs> yeah you think, but still you think all the blood pouring even if the whole thing was happy yeah if you think the whole like the two kids holding hands yeah it still looks creepy well it's the thing they play music like I'll show you the 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 trailer version that's like no, the happy even, version. No, even even if it's like happy, it parts of it. it even it if it's happy, happy. it's yeah. still like kind of eerie. Yeah. Like it, and nothing can be like if it's like chimes and stuff. It it, it, it seems too happy. Yeah. Um. But that. Uh, but that's like a whole like technique. The other one I think of is there was an Am- a commercial for Amazon, like a holiday commercial where they're like delivering these boxes. Like it's like a whole bunch of people delivering boxes and stuff, or Jones delivering boxes. And it's played with all this happy music, but then if you do the same ad with like creepy music, it sounds like robots are taking over the world. It's really, really creepy. You sure? I, I, wait, drones? Was it drones? I think there were drones and people like delivering boxes and stuff, and it's all like how technology is driving. I like, think faster, oh. like delivery and stuff. Um, so another another like bias that I think shows up in that episode is called we talked talked about this a little bit before, like zero risk bias, where like people will. Um, like, so there's an example where um, if you tell people we're going to do an experiment and there's like a 10% chance that you'll get an electric, a mild electric shock in this experiment. But um, you can pay us like 10 for 10 bucks, we can reduce it to like a 3% chance um, or something like that. And then for 100 bucks, we can reduce it to like 0.005 or something or like it's no chance. And people will pay a hundred bucks for the difference between three percent chance and like almost almost zero percent chance and it's because we love like certainty like the certainty of knowing it's probably not going to happen means more to us than even if it's like super super unlikely so when ocho puts gumball through all those tests especially the one where he has to forsake all other friends 
to me that reminds me a lot of like that bias where it's like Ocho wants to be a hundred percent certain that you know uh, Gumball will put no one before him. Yeah, and same for the um, to put himself, with, but even even Ocho to put him to not even to well actually it's the opposite. He wants um, to put o- he wants a Gumball to put um, Ocho wants Gumball to put him in front of um, in front of Gumball. Yeah, so like not even Gumball should be more more important than Ocho. To Ocho. Which you actually see in one episode that he has a big ego. Yeah. <laughs> um. But that 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 kind of reminded me of that, and and we talked about how like that's you know, even he says he has trust issues. Like he wanted to make sure Gumball wanted to be his friend. Yeah, he he has trust issues because he want. Well, this is at the end of the episode, but he says um, he has trust issues because he doesn't know if people want him because because obviously he he's kind of intense in that, but also because if people actually like to want to be his friend for him or, or just because his uncle's famous, and then. Um, Gumball says, "What Mario?" and but then he says, "The blue hedgehog, who the blue <laughs> no, the blue hedgehog who can run really fast." Yeah, and it's just like obviously a reference to Sonic, but well, that that so that's another thing, right? So so Gumball assumes that when Ocho talks about Mario, that he's talking about the famous Mario, and he asks these, you know, so the first so the first thing there is this thing called availability heuristic. So the first Mario that comes to mind for um, for Gumball is the Mario from, you know, Nintendo, which, because that's the one that's most available to him in his brain, like, that's the first one he can think and of. And he also asks these questions, and he, and, um, all, and all, and all of them, Ocho answers right for what Gumball's suspicions are. So, pretty much almost confirming. And maybe, we talked about, we already talked about this, though, that, like, maybe even confirming that he is a real Mario, just not what, not how he... Just not how he's depicted in um, the Nintendo. And um, I think there's a show. I don't know if there's a show. There probably is. Um, but, uh, but yeah, so that's the availability heuristic, which makes him jump to that particular Mario. And then the confirmation bias is how he asks questions to confirm his hypothesis that it's that Mario, um, that the Mario is the Mario he was thinking of and not any other kind of Mario. But if he, like, are there questions he could have asked to disconfirm his hypothesis? In other words, like, if he's wrong, what else would be true, and how does he prove that? Like, what could he have asked to find out if he's wrong? I mean, he could have asked, have you ever met Bowser? But I think, I know we're applying this, but I'm pretty sure mostly it's, they didn't mean to include bias, okay? (laughs) (laughs) For all these biases, it was for the sake of the show, and it was pretty funny. I liked when the I I liked when Gumball screamed "Marry me" and then <laughs> uh, and then Terry walks by. Terry is a a ghost. Wait, no, no, that's Carrie. What? Sorry, um, Terry is a piece of paper. Yeah. And then, and then she says, "I guess you." And then Musami, who's a cloud, mm-hmm. um, says, "I guess you. I owe you twenty bucks." <laughs> <laughs> um. So, uh, so yeah, so that those are all the different biases you found. And should people watch Gumball? Is that a good show? Yes, yes, like it's that? amazing. Watch okay. it, watch okay. it, watch all right. it. And I, I also endorse it. Watch it. <laughs> watch it. <laughs> um, so thank you, thank you for being my guest today. Um, uh, I appreciate you uh, giving us your insight into these different biases. Thank, thank you. <laughs> um, so should I, should is... I leave? 
Should I leave our house? <laughs> I'll call you a cab. You can go back to your hotel. Um, I lie. Yeah. Right. <laughs> so, um, and this is the final episode. So I want to thank, basically I want to thank everybody who's helped me do this podcast over the years. I want to thank Emily McManus who convinced me that I should do a podcast in the first place because I kept talking about cognitive bias all the time and she said, finally, like, please just do a podcast. Um, uh, so she kept nagging me about it and I did it and I, I really appreciate that. Um, and I want to thank everyone who's listened to the show over the years and uh, given me support and told me uh, how much they appreciate it. I, I really appreciate that too. Um, like I said, this is not the end of podcasting for me. I'm going to be releasing a brand new podcast later this year. So stay tuned to this feed for information about that. I'm also doing a book and as we get closer to launch, I will probably do a few episodes about that. Uh, but for the official podcast, um, this is it. Um, thank you, you very much. You should, you should do one about that movie that you made that has has to have come out recently otherwise i would have known about it it's just a short film i'll show it to you later um but yeah if you want to look up least dangerous game on youtube that's the movie we were talking about um but yeah um thank you all so much oh is that is that assassin yeah yeah yeah. oh i saw it i saw that tuesday oh okay so he has seen it all right so that's the one where i fed people bagels that were one day old (laughs) um uh, but they liked it they were good i had them they were good Anyway. I thought you made an actual movie like that was published. Oh, I'm like right here. <laughs> well, no, I mean it was like unpublished but on YouTube. Like it didn't make it into theaters or anything. It was actually in a video store for a while though. A Video American in Baltimore, they had copies of it there, so it was it was rented. So we got that far. Did you get money? Uh no, I didn't get money. <laughs> then where did all the money go to? The cast? I think it was probably a free rental. Nobody nobody made any money on that. It didn't, it didn't, like, get a movie deal or anything. It's, like, three hours of their time. Like, no, actually, not three hours. Like, three everybody weeks worked, of their time. Everybody worked for food. Everybody worked for, for Dale Bagels. That was the that was their pay. Yeah. Hmm. That's all we did. 911. <laughs> <laughs> um, <laughs> so, uh, I think that's less than minimum wage. It was definitely. Nobody, nobody made any money on that movie. I, I, at least of all me. I, I, I pay, I made, I, I spend money on it. But yeah. Why did um, you do it? <laughs> for the love of movies. Um, it's three minutes long. <laughs> <laughs> um, so anyway, uh, that is all for the Cognitive Vice podcast. Thank you all for listening. Um, uh, this is David Dylan Thomas. Thank you so much. Bye. Bye. Bye.